means seeing your flaws, accepting them, and realizing I can do better. So these are just a few thoughts to think about on this podcast. So welcome to Winning with Trevor. I appreciate your ears, your minds, and the time that you spend contemplating how you can be successful. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Winning with Trevor, your no BS guide to self-improvement, self-help, personal development, and any other synonym you want to apply to saying, you know what, I need to get my shit together. Now, last week, or last episode, we went into detail about the dangers of groupthink and how we can have friends, we can be part of a social crowd of some sort, and it's great to have a healthy social life. And there's a lot of really beautiful things that people working together can do. But it's a double-edged blade and how there's definitely that mob mentality and there's that circular logic of reaffirming an existing belief, even if that belief is incorrect, false, slanderous, or hurting other people. And that's where you got to use your powers of self-awareness, that power of humility and honesty to re-examine what is the right thing to do. What do I feel inside of my heart of hearts and my truest self? What do I think the right thing to do is? And this is where you have to be independent, think independently, and ask yourself, really, what do I feel as opposed to just going along with the crowd? Because groupthink leads to a lot of really crazy stuff, whether that's, you know, mass hysteria or racism or gerrymandering your you know political voting lines. There's all kinds of things that groupthink can really not be a great thing. But then on the other hand, you have a lot of beautiful aspects where people in the community get together, they beautify the city, they clean up the trash, they volunteer at animal shelters, homeless shelters, they do community gardening. There's a lot of really amazing things that the power of people working together can accomplish. So that's part of self-awareness, being able to distinguish what your thoughts are from others and what the right thing is to do. And self-awareness is our theme. Now, the four maxims of this podcast are success and the aspect of success as far as being a successful person by the work you do on yourself. Also, this includes being successful at business. It includes being successful in your relationships, this multi-layered, multi-dimensional definition of success and happiness, which we have not gone too, too deep on, but we'll definitely shift to that when that's our focus for our theme. But happiness is definitely going to be explored versus excitement versus, uh, you know, basically a temporary fleeting feeling or an all-abiding state that's natural without trying. And then there's personal responsibility. How can we do anything in our life if we don't own up for our own stuff? If we're always blaming other people for how we feel and who we are, how are we going to get ahead? We can't delegate our happiness and satisfaction in life to other people or situations or circumstance and expect to get anywhere. So that's why personal responsibility is such a huge, important thing to focus on and why it's one of the maxims of this podcast. The very last one is self-awareness, which has been our theme in the interviews done so far with Ulrich and Garrett. And today I have a new interviewee that I'm featuring here, Doc Deuce. He's uh, probably my favorite hip-hop artist in Austin, generally a very positive guy that I enjoy hearing his perspective. And because of that, we're here with him today. Doc, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little about where you grew up and your life in Austin. Hi, I am Doc Deuce. I am Doc Deuce. I am Doc Deuce. 
a hip hop lyricist, a lyrical artist from San Antonio, Texas, born and raised on the playgrounds where, no, I actually spent a lot of my time in in school suspension and out in the hallway and in trouble um, growing up because I was one of those, uh, what they referred to as an ADD kid, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't. I was just ahead. I was supposed to have skipped grades when I was young, and my mom decided against it. I was not stimulated by what was being learned because I learned it so quickly and had to wait for the rest of the class to catch up. I was constantly getting in trouble for finding new ways to make my classroom experience more interesting and more engaging. Um, I did have one teacher who really went out of his way to see me for who I was and, and help me uh, continue to carry his guidance throughout my life. And so I also have a very big place in my heart for teachers and the role that teachers can play in helping our society realize its own potential. Um, I did eventually move to Austin. I started rapping way down there. People knew I was writing songs uh, since elementary school. Uh, I would, we would go to music class, and every week we'd learn a new song, and then they'd play it after the Pledge of Allegiance um, over the intercom, and I would write parodies of the songs that were playing over the intercom and sing these funny, stupid versions of the songs. So I was like, my elementary school's Weird Al. Um, then eventually I started writing my own I started writing parodies of pop songs. They were all food-based. Um, so I did a food-based version of Waterfalls, a food-based version of Notorious Thugs, uh, which was really fun. And I started writing my own raps. Eventually moved to Austin because it's a beautiful city. I love the, um, I love the juxtaposition of the, the technological aspects that, of our city. You know, it's, it's a great city for tech. Uh, we've got some great architecture coming in. You know, there are lots of buildings. If you've been to Austin, but you haven't been in the last 10 years, when you come back, you're going to see a whole lot of new things. But don't move here. But right, yeah, you can visit. Um, but that right next to beautiful rivers and green belts and, and, and awesome hill country, um, I, love this, I love this city for a lot of the things it has to offer that I must say I haven't fully explored yet but um yeah i started rapping right when i got here and that has slowed down a bit due to being a full-time single parent who at one point was a full-time single parent and full-time student working a full-time job um all the way up until i got my master's degree which i currently have in instructional design and technology because again teachers help humans reach their potential that is excellent i believe in that and you know the thing is is that we don't realize a lot of the times that some of the most fucked up situations give us that teaching perspective if we shift our own receptivity to saying, what can I learn from this instead of life so bad, right? It's all about perspective, and it's amazing how powerful life itself can be as a teaching tool. So on that topic, um, I'd like to kind of hear a little bit more about your general life philosophy on what your, what your values are, what you think is important in life uh, when it comes to, I guess, people, relationships, uh, and self-awareness. And what, what, what is the, what's the doctor's you know, philosophy like? When you're going through life, what, what kind of life lessons maybe have led to that? Or what have you learned going through you know, adolescence and young maturity to reach 
the uh, philosophy that you live your life by? I didn't grow up in Chicago, Compton, or Detroit. I grew up in San Antonio in the early 90s, and it was, it was rough down there, too. It wasn't one of the cities that's on the map for being a violent city, except for if you listen to the song Just Like Compton by DJ Quick. He does specifically talk about how violent, <laughs> how violent San Antonio is. So my city did get a shout, which is not necessarily a positive thing, but I saw a lot more violence coming up than I think people would presume based on how I carry myself. I've lost a lot of friends along the way, man, and not necessarily all to violence. I've lost friends to a lot of different things. I've had friends who died from their asthma, and it sucks to know that my friend died suffocating. I had a friend who died with his pregnant fiance in a car accident. I've, I've suffered a lot of loss, people who were not able to make it to the age that I am. And so every moment and every day that I'm able to experience this life again is a blessing. In my song, Thankful, I have a line that says, as long as I can smile, then I still have a reason to. My mantra for a long time, was, it was, that's basically a condensed version of me saying, as long as I have the ability to smile, I have a reason to smile. Nice. And that's how I, that's how I live. I, I, want to, I want to be happy, so as often as I can, I choose to be. Um, understanding that circumstances can sometimes derail that, perspective and and reaction are choices at the same time i do also understand the the impact of environment and sometimes it's hard to to make the right choices either when the environment is pushing so hard against that or when the environment hasn't even let you know that it's a choice that can be made so as far as the bigger picture of things i do very much care about my own happiness and I try to be a considerate person. I love humans. I think we are an amazing species. I, I love just bearing witness to the things that we do. We are quite interesting. Um, and so I try to be considerate of us. I try to help us reach our potential in, in any opportunities I can. I just really do feel like we all should. I feel that life is to be lived. So on an individual basis, before you go, have some memories to go with. And on a more communal basis, try to be kind and try to help the whole thing keep going if you can or at least get out of the way if you're not helping yeah well that's beautiful i i feel like dancing in a disney film now um and singing kumbaya but uh all cynicism aside it's challenging isn't it right we go through life even the president we have right now which i refuse to say his name not on my podcast not in my backyard um <laughs> we have so many chances to fall into that black hole of negativity, of reinforcing beliefs that we have that life is a shit show and that we're just going to get more of that, right? But it's it's really important that we have that perspective of choice, that it does... We may not be able to, you know, protect ourselves against just stuff happening, but what we do in response is up to us. And I think I really like what you said about not even realizing in that environment that you have a choice. I think that's super key in being a happy person and having that self-awareness that, wait, I have an option, right? We go through life, we feel like we don't because we feel like we have to react in a certain way. We're owed an outrage. We're owed to get angry because this happened to us. But it takes so much more energy from us when we're pissed off about stuff. I mean, when I was younger, I used to be pissed off 98% of the time. Even if I didn't have a reason to be, because it was just a mode I was right. in, right? And 
as you get older, you kind of get perspective, or you get fucking tired. Right. And you're like, <laughs> hold on, what 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 what, what can I do differently? Right. Yeah. And and I love that philosophy. I love the idea that we can choose to be happy if we just simply focus on being able to smile. Can I smile? Can I can I find a reason to smile today? You know, even if it's fucking raining, put on some jazz, do something really white, and. <laughs> Smile at the rain. Write a poem. So, so wait a minute. <laughs> jazz is black music, so I just want to clarify that. Yes, it is. Putting on jazz is not doing something really white. That that was a very... When it rains. That line was... Okay. <laughs> jazz in the rain. But, um, yeah, I'm with you there. So for all of you who are listening, you're not able to see how much I was nodding and agreeing <laughs> with our host today. But, yeah, I'm very much, very much... Um, in agreement with with these, you know, with, with what's being said. Uh, yeah, it's a choice. And, uh, you know, I try to make the right ones every day and lead a good example for my son, who's an amazing individual. Would you say that having a son makes you a better person? Yes. Would say that motivates you to try harder? Yes. I would say that. My son saved my life, which a lot of people, which he doesn't even... He knows but can't really know. I was suffering when I was young. My, I'm, I'm Doc Deuce now. My name used to be Blackheart um, in, a, in a rap duo called 5150, which is the police code for criminal insanity. I was a very different person some of the time due to uh, having bipolar disorder. Uh, I would slip into these really dark, scary places, and I would have very severe anxiety attacks. Um, anxiety attacks, I didn't even realize how severe my anxiety attacks were. I thought that's just what anxiety attacks were until I hear other people describing them. I'm like, well, that's not fair. You just freeze up. You know what I mean? I'm, it looks like I'm about to transform into a werewolf. You know what I mean? How you see in the movies how... You know, there's something physical, physical and internal happening. Their bones are being restructured. This this beast is is coming forth from within them, and it looks painful. That was an experience that I went through way more often than I wanted to as an adolescent. It was on the floor, writhing and suffering with these crazy level panic attacks, um, and then the depression in between them. I I attempted suicide as an adolescent. I'm still here, apparently. But there is still a lingering fear of suicide that I have. However, what kept me from trying it again back then was the thought that the good side of me, you know, there's this pendulum swing of being bipolar. The good part of me, I'm smart, I am, I am caring. I want to be able to distill my goodness into a better form and help that live and thrive as my goodness, <laughs> basically. As, as weird as that sounds, basically what I'm saying is I wanted to have a son and have the best parts of me be able to live on. And that thought kept me going even as a very young person. Uh, I was age 14 when I made the decision not to try to kill myself again, but to stay alive specifically for the son that I'm raising now. Uh, he saved my life. If, if I hadn't thought about him even I before be he here. was born. Before he was born, he saved my life. Wow. That's amazing. One of the things that I have gone into in other podcasts is the fact that 
a lot of times people look at the concept of self-help, of bettering ourselves in what way we can, as this huge, enormous, unscalable wall that they can't get beyond because it's such a concept. The fact that we as human beings can change by choice and that we can change the very DNA of our personalities by choosing on what we focus on and where we dwell our emotions and how this is very challenging for a lot of people because even if they feel that it's a, the right thing to do to change to become a better person it's not something they feel motivated to do because of a low opinion of themselves you know there are parts of me that i really don't like and there are memories i have of how i've treated other people that make me feel ashamed in in hindsight which is always 2020 right and you know there's there's always that that part of ourselves that doubts ourselves where it's really challenging to justify why we deserve a better life you know because we all have moments we felt like you know we don't deserve it but what is very helpful for a lot of people is if you have a motivation outside just yourself if you have your family if you have your children to say you know what i may still think in some ways i'm a pos but it doesn't matter because i'm doing it for them and that's what counts and if that's what gets you through the day, that that's huge. And that's a beautiful thing to be motivated by. You know, one of the reasons why I do self-help is because I have friends that are struggling at various points in their life with different stuff, with their family, their parents, their emotions, their midlife crises, whatever the case may be. And I've helped them. I've helped them just get perspective and remember what we can appreciate in life about ourselves, about our family, what we have to smile about because it's so easy to forget it's easy to get caught up in the minutiae and the small details of the day or you know just finding out what is your reason why why do you do what you do right we all have one we all have a reason why tuning into that letting that guide us like our north star that's the key that's the key one thing i do want to recommend though if all of your fortitude is dependent on something external, having something is certainly key. That's a good thing. Having that thing hopefully will support you in finding that same thing internally. Finding the inner strength and the inner confidence, making sure that if you do have loved ones around, you're having those conversations with them about who you are. Um, and, and going towards the places uh, that you want to be, the things that you want to accomplish, that matters as well. Because when someone's own happiness is predicated on someone or something outside of them, then if something happens to that thing that their happiness is based on, then they can feel like their entire world has been destroyed. For instance, myself, you know, again, I'm a full-time single father, and my son eventually is going to move out, you know, and start his own life. He saved my life before. He's continuing to save my life every day. And when we are no longer living in the same place, when he no longer needs me as much as he does, I have got to have found a way to sustain myself from within without having to then be dependent on him. We're actually, we're, it's a symbiotic relationship. We're both dependent on each other. 
but he's growing to a point of independence, and I'm just saying I need to make sure that I'm doing the same. It's just the internet, man. It's just the internet. Take that away. They won't. They won't be able to survive. They'll need <laughs> us again. <laughs> that I can't figure the world out. Uh, I can't Google. Can you Google this for me? Yes, I can't Google how to interact uh, anymore. No, you're you're very on point. And so you know, a lot of times people will put happiness in the future. They'll say, you know, well, if I only have this this kind of wife or husband, if I have this kind of job or car, only then can I be happy, right? And that's that's false. That's just an attachment. So we can't base happiness on that. But having a motivation, right, there's always going to be other people in our life. Now, not being codependent, but an interdependent relationship. Being able to say, you know, hey, it matters to me that other people are doing well, and I can't really help them in that if I'm, you know, just suffering so much that I'm barely functional, you know. And it can be a general thought as well as not just a specific person to say, I want to do better in this world and I want to help other people, but I can't help other people if I'm not able to help myself. So, and I think you're very correct in the sense that you have to find that own inner stability, right? You can't depend on someone else for happiness or for being your reason why you do everything. But I think the concept of caring for other people and wanting to help the world, at least in, in the perspective I approach self-help from, I think for me that's part of my motivation uh, for how I approach it is that I want to do good in this world. I want to help this world be a better place. And so I got to get my shit together to do that. If, if you know, it's kind of like you get a massage from someone and, you know, they're going through some intense drama in their life and you can feel it in the massage because they suck at their massage right now, or they're a little too hard, they're angry, they burnt themselves, <laughs> whatever the case is, their Yelp review is not going to look good. Uh, it transfers, right, to other people. <laughs> it transfers when, when we're dealing and we're struggling and we're suffering. But, you know, sometimes, and this is not an all-or-nothing sort of thing, right? It's all case-by-case. Case. But sometimes... We get through our own stuff by being able to help other people through theirs. Not always. We have to make space inside for ourselves, too. But sometimes just getting out of our heads, going out in the world, volunteering, you know, doing something, I think also helps us shift that inner dialogue and feel good about ourselves and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not as big of a POS now. I'm actually doing something good in this world. Now, all these, of course, are Band-Aids, right? Because we do need to have balance inside. We need to figure out what our why is, why we're doing things, you know, for ourselves as well as for others, for others. There is a bit of selfishness in doing for others. A bit, you know. Uh, and, well, I say a bit. I guess it really does depend on who and the context. There are those who put themselves in a position to look like they're helping in order to prop themselves up. And there are those who actually selflessly um, help others out there. I wonder, though, when, when a massage therapist is translating their stresses into the massage and therefore passing that energy into someone else, um, if they have an outlet for that negativity... Because sometimes it is, it is also about having an outlet. It's not just like, oh, something's going on. I'm just going to choose to be happy despite it. 
Sometimes it gets to you. It does. And in order to be able to make that choice, at times maybe we're we're putting one feeling aside, swapping it for another one that's going to be more productive in the moment. But there's still that little nugget that needs to be dealt with in some way. Some people can deal with it just by taking deep breaths. Some people play video games. Um, I do think, however, there's a lot more escapism than there should be. I do think we have a culture that's based, that has way too much um, focus on escaping reality. And I really do believe that if you feel your reality is one that should be escaped, it is one that should be reshaped. Agreed. Uh, and so make the choice to say, hey, if I'm spending all this time like, oh, man, everything sucks when we play video games and I have to think about it, you could be spending that time actually thinking about how to turn it into something that you don't feel like you need to get away from anymore. I don't remember how that related to how I started making my point, but that's how I'm ending it. That's, that's <laughs> dope. I agree with that because, you know, I think there's plenty of people that feel like they can, quote unquote, buy their way into heaven. You know, oh, let me just donate some stuff and then let me fuck these people over tomorrow. But you know what? I gave the church this much money. So I'm all right. I bought my ticket when I think the intention behind what you do is so important. Right. Uh, it's worth a lot more. It doesn't matter the amount that you're doing. But if you have that good intention behind what you do, it's super important that you translate that. And I think that a lot of people get stuck in the house. They get stuck in, you know, saying, well, I'm doing this and this. But we hear this speech from our parents. And we all have parents that love us, ideally. Though not always best at communicating that love, right? Sometimes it comes out in dysfunctional ways. But we, we hear the speech. Oh, well, I've done this for you. Well, I've done that for you. Well, all the stuff that I've done for you and you treat me this way. And it's this you know, basically extortion of, of saying, I've bought your agreement with me on this topic because I've done this material aspect first for you. And I think that's not exactly the best approach. Because I think that, yeah, parents should take care of their children, but I think expecting them to feel and think the same way is not appropriate, right? Because... It's, what is your intention? Is your intention to do this stuff so that you can have someone to agree with you? Or are you doing this because you actually genuinely care for them? So, I mean, there's so many different situations this is relevant where it is about the intention behind what you do. And that's so important. I, <laughs> I'm raising a teenage boy. And so there are times where I do bring up what I do. And I just want to get this clear. This, I'm working some, self, some stuff out here now. However, I don't do the things I do in order to bring them up or with an expectation. I bring them up for perspective. Because there are times where I... Sometimes he's just in his own little world and it feels like um, there's a lack of consideration for how much work it actually takes to maintain his existence. And not just maintain it, but all the work it takes to also help him progress um, that perspective is hard to have as a teenager. We were all teenagers, and we probably all heard it from our parents at some point. And then we became adults, and we were like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is what's going on now. And so there are times where I'm like, hey, man, like considering all that, that I'm putting forth in order to maintain and progress you, can I get a little consideration as well? What I let them know is it hurts more to know that you're doing so much for someone who doesn't seem to appreciate 
or considerate to the extent you would hope with as much love as you've put into those things that you've done for them. So even if you're buying someone a birthday gift, you don't necessarily want, you know, it's not like, okay, I bought you something, buy me something back, but you hope they smile. (laughs) What if, you know, it's just not the newest model and (laughs) they're like, this is 2016, bro. (laughs) Like, I have thanks, but, you know, the firmware alone update is just going to ruin this completely. <laughs> yeah, that's where it goes back to <laughs> I, no, I mean, it's all perspective. Yeah. It's all perspective. And it's all about being able to have that self-awareness and being able to say, am I really expecting from other people what's realistic to expect from them, given the kind of person they are? You know, what can I expect from myself? There's uh, something that I was told once uh, when I was a young child, 16, uh, by my math teacher at the time. And he said the gap between what you expect from others and what you expect from yourself is rather large. large. And that has been echoing ever since that day. And I'm not perfected that at all. I'm still trying to expect more from myself. And I think being able to have that self-awareness, right, where... You care about yourself, you support yourself, but you also don't bullshit yourself. You're also able to say, you know what, I think, I think you're bullshitting yourself, Trevor. I think you actually can try a little harder and do a little better, right? And that simple concept, try a little harder, do a little better. Apply it to so many parts of your life and you see an amazing change. But let's rewind to what you were saying before, which I agree with. You can't always substitute a feeling with another feeling instantly and expect to be okay. You have a really messed up day. A lot of stuff didn't go the way ideally it should have. And you got really triggered emotionally by a lot of other people. Maybe disrespecting you. Maybe stuff broke. Yesterday I had a night like that when I had several different things break that I was trying to record a video last night for my Facebook page. Uh, Trevor W. Goodchild and multiple things were breaking. The remote for my video, for my uh, video camera broke. The selfie stick broke. The, 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 the it went on. There's more stuff that it all broke at once. I don't know why, but it did. I was very angry. <laughs> I felt like life wasn't living up to my expectations, and I couldn't just instantly shift. Right, I had to vent for a little bit off camera, and. <laughs> But then, but then I had to remind myself, what are my priorities? What's important? And that's, I think, again, coming to the reason why. Why do we do what we do, right? I wanted to do a video last night because I felt I had something I wanted to pass on, some knowledge to some people that it, they might benefit from. And it was important that I shared that. And it was more important for me to share that than it was for me to just sulk and be pissed off, though I felt like doing that, no doubt. I mean, I paid good money for this shit, but... <laughs> There's that. No receipt after 30 days. Uh, return, I mean. So I think there's various ways we can do that, right? Some people, I think I've read about stuff, people will, will just yell, obviously by themselves, not out in public walking around. <laughs> <laughs> they'll yell at the top of their lungs. They'll be like, ah, and they'll just get it out. And it'll be like, ah. Oh. Sometimes, another technique, uh, I've used this. I'll, I'll write uh, an email or a letter on, on a piece of paper. Sometimes it's better for the, just the coordination for the emotions to physically write something out. You know, I haven't seen my dad in four years. Uh, you know, he's got some serious problems. And I've got some things to say to him that 
he'll never hear, even if we saw each other. One of the things I did to kind of get through these unresolved emotions and balance out is I wrote a long letter to him. Never mailed it. Just ripped it up and threw it away. But getting those words out so I could move on. I could shift, right? I could vent. I could get that out. And then I could decide, okay, now I'm going to switch. Now I'm going to choose something to fill that place, right? I think that's really good. And I think as musicians, music serves a great purpose for that as well. And I think... I mean, have you found that out? With, 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 have you had that experience, I guess, with hip-hop? Have you used hip-hop uh, at points to get through some things? <laughs> it's funny because I actually hear a lot of hip-hop artists uh, mention that, that there is catharsis in writing, that they write about these situations and it's a way to alleviate the stress and the pressure and the pain of it. Um, it's... Not so much for me the writing process, but the act of rapping. I, I really enjoy the act of reciting lyrics that I've written, even if they're not about the things that I'm trying to process at the time. Um, it's a sense of pride. Uh, I am proud of what I write and the way that I'm able to construct um, the verses that I put together. Um, it's, it's fun. It's really fun. It took a long time for me to finally start treating the writing process as a cathartic process. I always wrote more intellectually than emotionally um, until a few years ago where I wrote a song called Thankful. Actually, no, it was prior to that. The song was just never released. I wrote a song called Survive when, uh, man life kind of fell apart the the rug got pulled out from under me i stopped writing i stopped eating i was in a pretty deep depression for for quite some time ouch i ended up writing my way out of it and so wow there's a song in hamilton (laughs) i'll write my way out that really meant a lot to me because i actually did write my way out of it and it was more anger i realized that i was allowing this situation to prevent me from doing something i love doing I love rapping more so than, I wouldn't say more so than writing. Again, I love rapping my own stuff, but I wasn't writing anymore because of the stress and depression I was feeling at the time. And I was like, I can't let this keep me from being me, you know? So it was more of a back at it in, in writing about surviving through it. So yeah, that actually did happen a few years ago. Again, the song hasn't been released. It is something I'd like to release. It's got a full on three verses and hook and everything. But Thankful is the first song I actually showed the world a bit more of me, where I actually told my story. Because even that original song I'm referring to about surviving didn't hit home as much as the song Thankful, where I'm actually kind of laying it out there. Like, here's some things that I've dealt with. Here's some things I'm still dealing through. And here's why I can still appreciate being able to, to wake up and see the world every day. So here's a plug for Thankful. Go ahead and Google Doc Deuce and Thankful and you'll definitely come with this song. Now, uh, since we're talking about hip-hop, uh, you're definitely one of the people that I really admire as a hip-hop artist for your technical ability to construct beautiful uh, schemes of rhymes. And I'd love to have you spit some rhymes right now. If you have anything you'd like to share on the podcast, uh, some stuff that you have, I'd love to hear it. All right. Well, you can find Thankful that will be out there. Um, but considering we're talking about kind of taking control and, and being successful, I did collaborate with a local artist named Six Sense, that's S-Y-X, S-Y-N-C-E, and 
I wrote a verse that I really like that is kind of about that. I hope I, I might have to. Is, how much of it can I do? You can do the whole verse if you want. If you want to do the whole <laughs> verse, you can do If the I can verse. find a good stopping point, I will, just to kind of introduce the, yeah. the concept, I will. Long days, long nights. Man, I really need a break right now. Take my bow, say lights out, but there is so much to stake. I vow to persevere until my workers clearly made it worth the tears. Though it wasn't always in the perfect gear, I had the nerve to steer and keep a swerving clear of any major collisions. I made a decision to change my conditions and came from within because I would not wait for permission. I've sworn to invest every morning I'm blessed with and so I awake on a mission. Say thanks that I've risen, state my position, then face the day with intention. Turning thoughts into action, plus laws of attraction, it really does take the addition. Then there's more to it, but that's a way to get started. <laughs> it takes the addition of understanding the law of attraction and that the positive energy you put out there or the negative energy you put out there can come right back to you. So I do awake every day with, with an intention. I say thanks that I've risen. And then I say, what am I going to do with today? I, I approach the day with focus. So even when those things, those unexpected things occur, I, I know that I still have a goal to get to. I still have an end game um, that I determine on a daily basis. What role do you think hip hop and self-awareness have? What, what role... Because this theme right now for these, this podcast series is the fourth maxim, uh, and it's self-awareness. And there's so many different levels of that. I think a lot of times it's easy just to think of just one or two, but I mean, being aware of being aware, right? Get all meta on that stuff. There's so many levels of that. How do you think self-awareness plays into hip-hop, into whether we're talking about you know the origin of hip-hop to modern hip-hop or just hip-hop in general, for how what you hear in songs, how people represent themselves and the, their beliefs, and how people come across. What do you think self awareness? What do you, how do you think that plays into uh, this genre of music for hip hop? Hmm. If we're going to talk about the genre of music, we'll have to talk about rap. If we want to talk about the culture, we'll talk about hip hop. The rap is something you do. Hip hop is something you are. Right. Exactly. So if we're talking about music, that's something you do. Right? Therefore, rap. The rap genre uh, is different than the hip-hop culture. Hip-hop culture is based a lot in black culture. It is. There's no denying that. So if we get all the way to the root of it, when we look at black culture, and we've seen a lot of this coming up recently, a lot more conversations are being had about this, and I'm glad to see it. But black culture and self-awareness have always been... Um, there's been some contention. Uh... <laughs> Not to get too heavy uh, on, on racial things, but what I can say is there's a certain stigma around mental health showing any signs of weakness uh, in the black community. A lot of that did get translated into hip-hop. There's a lot of braggadocio stuff going on in hip-hop. There's straight-up battles where you are deliberately speaking down on someone who is doing the exact same thing back to you. Um, a culture was built around trying to get one up on your competition and being in a socioeconomic situation that our competition were only those in our immediate proximity. There weren't the worldviews of I'm competing with, you know, 
the country or other countries is I'm competing with the person in the next project building. Crabs in a bucket. Crabs in a bucket. But that's 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 one take on things. That particular term has more to do with bringing people down who are trying to make their way out. And competing doesn't necessarily always end up with trying to bring someone else down. I mean, all the members of Wu-Tang battled each other back in the day. You know what I mean? That should, that was part of hip-hop. Again, it is part of the culture is what I'm saying. That competition strengthened us through, again, living through a lot of hard times that were imposed on us. And so when it comes to self-awareness, a lot of it is a bit skewed, I would have to say, because it was more about how do I be not necessarily my best self, but how do I be the best? And there's a difference there because yeah. there are those who try to bite off more than they can chew because they're trying to, to do something that isn't really part of their makeup. The perception that the, the hood is, is so homogenous, right? Everybody, you know, there's the hood mentality. There's still a lot of individuals with their own feelings, thoughts, perspectives, you know, past, presents, and futures. Yet there is still also this big, you know, kind of a, a monolithic perception of how you should think in that state, especially when it comes to survival, because a lot of that is about survival. It's not about making art uh, or self-expression. Um, not to say it's not about, but first and foremost, there, there's so much more time spent on just like, how do I make it day to day in an economic situation like this, in a, in a situation where, where there is beef and where there is so much trouble you know, surrounding us. And so what your self becomes is the self that can make it through that, the self that's not going to get, you know, not going to become a mark, you know, not going to walk outside and immediately be looked at as someone who can be easily taken advantage of. And, Hustle or be hustled. Right. And so there's that that mentality as as part of black culture in a lot of the areas where hip hop, you know, um, where rap music has come from, um, where hip hop culture thrived, that that has informed what the music has become. You know, this braggadocio, I'm this, I'm that, look at all of what I can do because it takes a fight to get out of those situations, even just to survive the situations. So I do think that there is a divide between actual self-awareness as opposed to, let's say, self-absorption when it comes to rap music. And again, with people like Kid Cudi, who lyrically are mentioning their depression, who are then outside of the lyrics saying, hey, I'm bipolar, Then we've got Kanye following suit. We've got a lot of different people in the black communities. And we have to consider when when you talk to a black person about hip-hop, understanding that it's a culture, it reaches beyond just rap music. So people like Denzel Washington are part of this. You know, Michael Eric Dyson are are, are part of this as well. They're part of hip-hop culture even though they're not necessarily active in rap music. 
And so when we have more black people talking about the issues that we deal with, how hard it can be to communicate with your parents, like, hey, I'm feeling kind of sad right now. And it's like, do you realize how hard it is out there in the world? Feeling sad isn't going to get you anywhere. You suck that up and turn into a monster. Okay, so then we have to become monsters just to make it. Um, And then we rep as monsters, therefore providing the framework for future artists to see, okay, if I'm going to survive this, not only am I seeing what the neighborhood's like, I'm hearing the words of my fellow monsters on how I need to be in order to make it through and out of this situation. So I am glad to see more of a transition for a bit more honesty about how much things actually do hurt, actually seeking help instead of just taking it out, you know, just finding ways to vent through, you know, uh, promiscuity or violence, or even just through adorning oneself to the point of, you know, why are we spending so much money to look fancy? When we could be pooling our resources to change these situations, again, if it's worth escaping, it's worth reshaping. And that's one thing I hope to see more hip-hop force and push behind is actually turning that back towards the cause of the problem and not just the recipients. I think you make a good point with role modeling, with the fact that people that are getting into the game for trying to be successful at hip-hop coming into these later generations right now, they look up to kind of the bad guy is the hero. And they look up to using violence uh, and misogyny and a lot of different things as a way of showing that they're good enough to compete on the same field when really it's not about that. It is about the cultural aspect, the history, and it's about also being able to authentically be yourself because we have people that have grown up in the suburbs talking about how many drive-bys they've done or they're doing stuff, right? They're they're doing, you know, breaking and enterings or they're robbing liquor stores just to have something to rap about later. So it perpetuates this kind of instant train from high school to prison, then profiting, you know, private prisons, and then profiting consumerism made from products in prison. It's this whole weird dichotomy when you look at it that way. So... I don't think everything necessarily has to be conscious to have authenticity. I think being able to be yourself is definitely a huge battle for everyone, I think, on the level of self-awareness as a person, but especially in specific areas like hip-hop, where what are you representing? Who are you representing? Is your rap, you know, basically a commercial for designer drugs and clothes and Nike, or, which is a whip in mid-swing, or... Are you talking about what you've gone through? I mean, when you look at some of the you know original catalysts in, in hip-hop culture like Tupac, I don't think Tupac was actively trying to promote gang death, but he was talking about what he went through. He wasn't doing something to have something to rap about. It, it was more authentic, I feel, than something that's relevant. He wasn't just about moving units, so that was also important to him as well. And we can probably go off on a thousand... <laughs> different directions from here but I think skill is part of it I think having that talent right to be able to have your cadence reflect that authentic emotion is so important and it's hard to say something like that because people get in trouble like in jazz as well when what is 
you know, correct jazz or correct hip hop, what is not. You can't say things like that because it's all so unique. And, you know, new groups these days like Hamilton and other groups, they're coming out, they're doing things that are new, that aren't traditional, that old school heads are necessarily drawn to or attracted to automatically. They're mixing up genres. Right, and some of that stuff, I'm like, that just sucks. Y'all aren't really that talented. I'm not saying that about Hamilton, but I'm just saying, <laughs> in general, you know, it, it is about it is about talent. It's about how talent interacts with that ability to be self aware within hip hop, and the sense that you're just being what you really are. You're not wearing a mask to try to move units, but you're actually just being yourself. One of my favorite hip hop artists uh, that I had a chance to meet um, during South by one year, one below at a Binary Star. He, he has a great line, he says, in one of his raps where he says, uh, no matter what you're doing, just do it with skill. Just because it's positive don't mean it's something I feel. And, you know, I think there's, there's definitely relevance to that because, you know, they're rappers that maybe they aren't really that good. They're underground and they got a chip on the shoulder, right, because they got hella content. But their technical ability to deliver really isn't that great. Oh, they're self-aware as fuck. As fuck. But they suck. And so they don't really have, you know, kind of a, a basis to go forward from to say that they have, you know, street cred or just the talent to occupy the same stage as someone else that has talent but no content, right? So you have this kind of balance between, okay, where, where do we draw that line, right? Where do we say, okay, you have talent, now please tell me something. One of the, the new rappers that has come out recently, uh, Kyle, Right? He's very upbeat. He's very positive. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, I like his stuff. And that's uncharacteristic for me. Because I, I, 90s is my era for rap. I love 90s rap. But at the same time, I like his approach. And all of his songs, I listen to you know, quite a few. They don't all have a message. Some of them don't even make any sense. And I'm listening to them. And I'm like, what, what, what did you... This doesn't even follow. But he's being himself. Like, I can feel at least some of that that he's, he's expressing his desire to be positive. Even if he's kind of low-key imitating Drake or whatever, like he's, he's got something I feel that's different than maybe some of the other freshmen that I've heard because I feel like he's actually being sincere. I feel like a lot of them are being... I guess sincere isn't the word. But they're keeping it 100. <laughs> 89. Um... It's, it's an interesting thing. Uh, there are different lanes you can go in rap. As, as you said, there's no one right way to go about doing things. Um, and, and there is a place for music that's not about anything. It's just sometimes escaping is, you know, escapism isn't a bad thing. When it becomes too much of one's focus and occupies too much of one's time, it can prevent progress into a better place. But I, I don't want to create the perception that I think escapism is wrong so when there are those artists who just make songs just turn up a a a and they're not saying a thing but you're able to kind of just <laughs> just escape to that then you know there's a place for that jeezy has a place you're right jeezy has a place lil pump has a place um lil Dis zan though no not him lil disagree zan have a place we disagree on pump but you, we disagree on pump yeah all right we'll have that conversation at another the place time. is in the attic dust all right. See, and there's that. There's that though, and that's one thing that I I try not to do too much. I did just right. say what I said about Lil Zan in jest. He's coming after you. The streets um, are watching. Lil Zan, Lil Zan is 
I, it's because of what he said, you know, what he said about Tupac. He eventually, you know, went back on that. Everybody has their place. If they were able to get to a point where they've got the support that they have, then somebody out there can vibe to that message. If that message isn't a positive message, and we're looking at it like, well, he's only rapping about drugs, and we don't, you know, we don't want a lot of people to like that, um, <laughs> then that's, I don't know, there's too much of that going on right now. We're in a really, society is in America as, as interesting as it is that we have a president who seems not to hold back or, or care about consequence or show any regard for how his words might make certain groups of people feel. We've got a lot of people who are going way overboard about how they feel. And I'm an intellectual I'm also an artist, so I'm also emotional. I don't like how much people think their feelings need to impact the rest of the world around them. Your feelings are personal. If you feel a certain way, cool. Perception and all of that is priceless. Perception is priceless. Perspective is priceless. That all, your whole world is built on you, on the inside, right? And you're choosing how you're going to react to things. And so when I see all these people who are coming back at comedians for saying things that they didn't like, when they're you know, hearing certain things said in the interview and now this person needs to publicly apologize, I am not a big fan of that. Um, I, I despise it. I do think that we should be more considerate of each other, but I don't think that if your feelings are hurt, that means that that other person now needs to suffer consequences because of your lack of emotional intelligence. Well, that's a deep topic, and we could have an entire podcast about owning up and having responsibility for how you feel. Uh, and is that self-awareness, though? It is self-awareness, but it is another subset of emotional intelligence with, I think, personal responsibility. The third maxim would, would, would take precedence for that, and that's yeah. not our theme right now. That makes sense. That makes sense. But it is a worthy topic to discuss. I mean, I think especially in, in the realm of stand-up comedy— Stand-up comedy is, is not there. I mean, Dave Chappelle got a lot of static uh, about his stand-up recently. And, you know, I'm not really on the same page as that because I feel that we don't need to take ourselves that seriously. I think that everyone should have the ability to laugh at themselves at some point. Now, people being targeted and, and encouraged to have acts of violence on the street, that's completely different than telling jokes. And I think being able to let loose, laugh at ourselves and enjoy life is super important for stress management and for being okay. If, you know, when I was younger, one of the things that I had a problem with is I was super sensitive to any feedback anybody gave me about myself because I took myself so seriously. And it wasn't necessarily that I thought that I hung the moon and that I was the best at everything, though, you know, I had some real ego things when I was younger. It was more of the fact that I couldn't handle being able to look at myself differently or see other people's perspective of who I was or to not be so rigid in, in what I thought and felt. And I think having that flexibility, I mean, we shouldn't let other people determine for us who we are. Right? We need to make that decision and, and take the lead on that. But I think being able to lighten up and enjoy ourselves, I think that's super important as part of self-awareness. And I think hip-hop, to some extent, serves that function. When people do get turned up, when they, they do forget about stuff, that's the stress of their life. It is escapism, but it's also stress relief. 
And I think that's important too. I think that if you're neglecting parts of yourself in your life because you're escaping so much, whether that's, you know, going out with friends and just drinking, you know, five nights out of seven, uh, which plenty of people do. You know, I worked uh, at a burrito shop, I'm not going to name it, uh, when I was younger, and half the staff uh, were drinking during most of the day because it, it didn't take that much motor skill to roll a burrito. And they could do it half drunk, but they were functional alcoholics, essentially, because they, whatever stresses they had in their life, they couldn't cope with without, you know, dosing up. And I think we have all different ways of medicating ourselves now. Number one probably is denial, right, and avoiding things. So I think facing up is super important. But I think, yeah, you know, we should also let loose every now and then and, you know, not worry about it. The, I guess the hard line that comes with, with hip-hop and self-awareness is where does it become censorship and where does it become saying, you know what, let's take responsibility for what younger people are being influenced by but what we're doing, right? Where, where do we draw that line to say, you know, y'all are just sounding stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And it's not even that talented, but you get plays because you know how to do audio engineering and you have a dope beat. And now you're just going to do ad-libs, basically, over a dope beat. I mean, I think it's a saturation point. And I think Kendrick, right now, you know, and I love Kendrick, I think one of the things that he's done is he's shifted the conversation back without even using words. You know, the the conversation, I guess, in a, a movement way, culturally, for hip-hop into saying something that means something, to quote Farside, something that means something, something that means something from back in the day, right? And he's not a conscious rapper, I wouldn't call him one, that necessarily tries to focus on that or make that his one aim. I think that's why he succeeds. He's not on a high horse. He's not telling people you should do this or you should do that all the time. I think he's made some comments about the relevance of actually trying to do something for a purpose, but like, you know, he's, he's talked about weed and 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 you know getting laid and all kinds of stuff before in other songs and collabs I've heard with other people and hasn't been conscious but he's also talked about his own struggles what he's gone through his self-awareness of his own problems and and what he's done to deal with them you know and I think that's great you know screaming in a hotel room you know trying to figure life out as it all crumbles you know I think shifting that dialogue to introspection within hip-hop is super important, and he's a great example of how you can do that without being preachy. Yeah, and we have a few more artists coming out doing that now, and I think that's what it's going to take, is more personal exploration. And again, this goes this goes beyond rap music. Uh, this goes into hip-hop culture, and then it really boils down to black culture. That, again, with it being so difficult for us to have certain conversations within our families and within our communities, perhaps lyricism may be one of the only ways that some of these young people are going to be able to explore themselves to get to a level of awareness that allows them to decide how to navigate through life with a better understanding of who they are, of the ship that they're leading. Because again, I wasn't able to have a lot of the conversations I wanted to have and it turned into crazy panic attacks. You know, for some it may turn into fights uh, for others, it may turn into doing drugs. Or jail time. Right. Uh, and which, you know, fights and doing drugs can both, lead to, <laughs> can both lead to jail time, right? So all this negative may come out of it because, again, of, of a culture of, and a stigma in relation to being anything but hard. Because life is hard. You've got to be harder than life. So hopefully, you know, through the influence of people like Kendrick Lamar, 
through the influence of people like Kid Cudi, younger artists will be able to, not even necessarily younger artists, but just younger individuals will be able to see a path to themselves. And with that, we're going to wrap up another episode of Winning with Trevor, uh, your no BS guide to self-improvement. We had Doc Deuce on today as a featured guest with some great insight into hip-hop culture and self-awareness and how those correlate. We have another interview looking forward to coming up with Duncan Cormie, who's had over 20 years' experience doing social work in Austin, Texas, and helping change the lives of a lot of young people have been changed by Duncan and for the better. So wrapping it up, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it uh, and rate it highly. Share it with your friends, your family, and your grandmother, and let her know that she is still remembered by sharing this podcast with her. (laughs) And also, uh, definitely tune in for the next podcast and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed it. Also, you have a free ebook at your disposal, Five Tools for Successful Relationships. Just click on the website link on the podcast page and it'll take you right there. Put your email in and you get a free ebook that is all about being able to manage your relationships with other people for success, how to be successful in your relationships. And that wraps up Winning with Trevor. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Sunday. It means seeing your flaws, accepting them, and realizing that I can do better. So these are just a few thoughts to think about on this podcast. This is Winning with Trevor, signing off. Appreciate your ears, your minds, and the time that you spend contemplating how you can be successful.